Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies. You're listening to The Jam Price Show, all about movies, and today my guest is writer-director Brian Petzos, and we're talking about his new movie called Big Gold Brick, and I welcome to the show, Brian. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Jen. Oh, it's my pleasure. I loved this movie. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Love, love, love this movie. It's just a trip. It's a trip. I appreciate that so much. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. And I, I you know, and I say that really um, honestly too to you because I, it's, I don't like every movie that I, you know, see that I have to talk about. You know, sometimes some are better than others, but when I do love a movie, I really like to let the uh, director know. So let's, so our audience knows. I mean, this is just a fun, fun movie. Uh, so our audience knows. Why don't you uh, tell us? what the plot of this film is okay i'll try to do that as as simply as i can um <laughs> i know it's going to be Emory hard <laughs> cohen plays a fledgling writer named samuel um and he is hit by a car driven by uh mysterious uh mr floyd played by andy garcia um and he does not die but he does suffer a head injury um, and in the process of recuperating, uh, Andy's character um, approaches him with the idea of writing his biography. Um, and he suggests that uh, young Samuel move in with his family um, to, so they can sort of better work together. From that point, uh, chaos ensues and hopefully hilarity. That's the idea, at least. <laughs> yes, there is a lot of hilarity. Uh, I was wishing I was watching this in a movie theater with an audience. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know, it's I, I just saw it last night here in Chicago at a private screening in a beautiful theater. And I hadn't seen it in a theater since I was uh, finishing the film in Toronto at, at our post facility. Um, and so it was really my first time seeing it in a theater. And, you know, movies are supposed to be in theaters. I agree. I Every agree. movie is better in a theater. Yep. I don't care if it's a, you know, a, a very old black and white documentary. It's still better in a theater. That's the form. I agree. Um, yeah. So, and then also the the social aspect of having people, you know, I mean, laughter is such a social thing and, you know, it's contagious as well. And even a little snicker turns into uh, your neighbor next to you snickering. And it's a really incredible thing to have that communal experience. I couldn't agree with you more. I say that a lot on this show. I've been saying it from the beginning of the show is that, you know, movies need to be seen in the movie theater. And, of course, with everything that's gone on, it, our habits have changed. Um, but I, um, yeah, I, I, I actually was cramming. I have another interview later, um, and it's my os- annual Oscar show. And so I've been cramming to watch all the Oscar movies and trying to see as many of them in the theater as I possibly could. So sure. I agree, because the experience does change completely. I mean, you know, when, when I went to see Licorice Pizza, you know, there was lots of laughter in that film and I'm not sure if you were home alone watching it whether you would laugh as heartily as we did in the movie theater so I agree I totally that agree. is true especially something that tonally is sort of on the line um, you know it, it's fascinating to watch uh, audience behavior sway that line one way or the other yeah I also saw licorice pizza in a theater and I'm very glad I did Me too. in gorgeous 70 millimeter um, yeah it was 
fantastic. Yeah, it was. And we also we, we did a double feature. We also saw West Side Story. And, oh, really? Yeah, and the minute, and that's one of my all-time favorite movies. It's in my top five anyhow, so I wasn't sure I was really going to like this remake. And oh my goodness, it, it is really it is really good. And um, when Rita Moreno started singing, the, tear, the tissues came out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I also saw it opening weekend in IMAX. Did you? Oh, my goodness. In New York. And it was a really crowded theater. And um, I also love the original. Um, and S- Spielberg stayed pretty close to it. I mean, obviously, there's his, you know, he brought some innovations to it. Um, but I loved it. It was amazing. Um, but it's too. such an achievement. Just beautifully shot. And <sighs> yeah. it's all around. He, he really kind of slapped every wall. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He, you know, he's always amazing anyhow. But yeah. Okay, let's talk about your movie. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> because I, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm going to just say this. I'm going to say, if you were a stoner, this is a movie. <laughs> would be a good movie to be stoned. Sure, that's that's fine. I actually, I, um, I although I, I will admit on camera, I have tried marijuana before. I, I am not a stoner, but I will welcome that audience. Um, uh, absolutely. Yes, I mean it is a trip. It is a trip. So you wrote this as well as directed it. I want to know where you came up with this idea. I mean, it is it's a start to finish. It's just a fun. All the characters, all the actors, and we'll get into all of all, all of them. But um, where, where did this idea germinate from? Sure, sure. And 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 uh, you know, I, I hate to take our chuckle button and press it so that it's off. But the circumstances that actually sort of led to me writing this are a little more sour. Um, someone pretty close to me suffered a traumatic brain injury. Um, and this person is now fine. I have to say for the record, they're absolutely fine now. But um, the process of recovering from that was uh, incredibly difficult. Um, and, you know, on one hand, hallucinations, on the other, incredible depression and um of course, I said, well, here is uh, here's a seed for a dark comedy. <laughs> um, and I, I really um, I saw a ton of possibility to sort of project a lot of my own stuff into that into that kind of vessel as well. And so, you know, as much as there's a there's a bunch of funny moments, uh, I feel and, and a few other people have told me it it, it still is personal in a way. Um, and. You know, there is an authenticity, at least from from my standpoint, I think. Um, but ultimately, I, I, you know, I consider it more a comedy than it is anything else. And so I'm, I'm very aware of that and want it to function properly that way, you know. I was going to say, I do, you know, what genre would you put this in? I'm certainly a comedy, but it's more than a, you know, there's, there's it's more than that. That is true. And, you know, that's obviously... For people who like to box things up and ship them off into the other, you know, into the rest of the pile, um, that is, you know, a conundrum for people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. To me, I look at it as a strength. Yes. Um, and I say comedy because if, 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 if I had to plot out, you know, what it is more than anything else, it probably is. But of course, it's, right. it's much more than that. But I don't, you know, uh, my process as a writer doesn't, it isn't me saying, let me try to jam 30 genres into a screenplay. It's, it's, I really sort of, I have a very crystalline idea of what I want to do with the film. And I also, I want to be true to the film. I want the film to sort of dictate to me the way it has to play itself out. So there is a logic to me, um, very clear 
uh, as much as the film is kind of crazy, there's a very clear logic as a writer that I'm following in, in order to have the thing ultimately bear fruit. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's also a deeply spiritual movie, I felt. Well, <laughs> you know, it's people ask me what it's about, and I say that's impossible to say. But if you had to get me to say what it's about, I, I say it's about it's about faith and family. Yeah. Uh, I'm not religious. And no, I don't I'm mean not. religious faith, but but I mean faith in the sense of having something to believe in, anything to believe in. And that was part of the exercise for me. Um, and then the family part is, is you know, the way that we sort of assemble a family mm-hmm. um, and uh, the need for connection. And so that's, that's and I, I don't want to get too serious about it, but that's, that, that's a very real kind of underpinning to me. Oh, it is. No, yeah, totally, 100%. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the casting in this film. I just, <laughs> Andy Garcia, he's so good. And I will, I love him anyhow, but he is so good in this. And Emery Cohen, uh, t- talk about that. Talk about their pairing, how you cast it, um, their chemistry. Did you do a chemistry test? I know that they usually do chemistry tests, you know, for men and women. Uh, do they? Did you do it for a man and man? Uh, I, like you a, know, you'll laugh, Jen, or maybe you won't laugh, but I, um, I formerly uh, was an actor. Um, and one of the things, as an actor who doesn't have a huge career, your job is to audition. And you go and you audition all the time professionally. Right. Um, and I hated auditioning. <laughs> I detested it. It, was, it always felt like a crime had been committed against me every <laughs> single time I left an audition. Um, so I don't want to be a part of auditions at all. I, you know, find actors I like and I ask them if I beg them to do my stuff. <laughs> And that's pretty much it. So there was no chemistry test at all. And honestly, in a situation, if I felt that that needed to happen for for a particular film, I would absolutely do that. At least have two people talk or, you know, have a conversation. But for this, these two people are supposed to be from very, they're very different people from very different worlds that end up literally colliding together. So I was fine with them not meeting at all or talking. Um, So we all met, you know, so those two met on set. Um, yeah, but Andy and Emery both, uh, they, they sort of, you know, the genesis of the two of them, their involvement is that I loved both of them as performers. And, you know, you put Andy Garcia and Emery Cohen on a, on a list and you pray. And then you're on the phone with Andy Garcia one day and he's talking about your crazy screenplay, quote unquote. <laughs> Um, and, and so it, it was, it's that, that kind of a dream, I guess, does come true. Um, and, and, and so that's what happened. I mean, Andy is someone who I like worshiped as a kid. Um, you know, he's just incredible. Emery as well. And, and I've, I've said this, uh, I knew Emery's work prior to Brooklyn, but when I saw him in Brooklyn, I fell in love. I, I was like, I have to work with this, this guy someday. And, you know, I remember our first time meeting, just walking. We walked around New York City for about an hour talking. It's it's a very similar thing to when I first met Oscar Isaac, where I just, um, you know, you feel like you've known each other for a long time right away. And, you know, like we should we should hang out. We should do stuff together. And that's that's kind of the way it went with with Emery. 
Yeah, you have Oscar Isaac in this film, uh, and he and Kristen Wiig are producers on this film. So let's talk about that. How did you uh, connect with them? And and they produced one of your earlier films too. That's yeah. That's exactly the thing. And Oscar was so, in that too. So yes. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, we did a short film called Lightning Face, and that was sort of I. I it was kind of a companion piece to the screenplay in that. I had done a short film with Oscar called Tiki Tacky um, and I wanted to sort of step it up for the next short film. And I wanted to bring in the use of visual effects and I wanted to really kind of expand the palette for the short film because I was writing the script for big gold brick at the time. Okay. And I knew that, you know, I'm also a producer and, and I knew I, I'm going to go and ask people for a bunch of money. I want them to have the confidence that I can execute what I'm writing and so Kristen was involved with Lightning Face, and in that these two things, the Lightning Face short and the Big Old Brick feature, although they're not exactly related, but the, in terms of like a business proposition they were, um, we sort of carried the whole, the whole circus over into the feature. And so that, that's kind of how, how that worked. So yeah, they're both incredible talents. They've been huge supporters of mine, and I'm endlessly thankful to both of them. Well, how blessed are you to have them be big supporters? I did. I mean, again, I'm- maybe I should be religious. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't it? Yeah. Well, I'm with you. I'm spiritual, but not religious. So. I say the same thing. Yeah. I say the exact same thing. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so Kristen Wiig, okay, so just talk about that. I mean, how did she get involved early on with you with your other film? Yeah, well, how did Kristen you meet her? I, I, how do you, you know, it's like, how do you meet Kristen Wiig and ask her to become a producer on your film? Yeah, well, sure, sure. Kristen and I have actually known each other for, for a long time. And so that's just to, you know, you sometimes you just know people kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, and then kind of Oscar. You know, I, I I was in Chicago for ages, and I moved to New York a little over ten years ago now. And um, you know, New York is actually—it's a small town, as big as it is. Yes, I used to live and, in New York. Yeah, exactly. And so you 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 know you end up in kind of different social circles and working with people, having mutual friends, and it's kind of like that. Right. And uh, you know, that's why I suppose that's why one does move to New York. In fact, it, it's. You know, when I was in Chicago, I knew as much as I love Chicago, which is literally where I am physically today, um, I knew that there was a certain gear that I was not able to shift into in Chicago, unfortunately. And so that's why I went to New York. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think if you if you are trying to do cool stuff and you persevere in New York, it can it can pay you back a little bit. I agree. I agree. I studied acting in New York a long time ago. I said that over and over again on this show, too. So I understand your plate as an actor and not liking to do auditions. Oh, so there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But I say I, I segued into this. I didn't, uh, I realized I didn't really, wasn't passionate about acting. I think you have to be passionate about whatever it is that you do. And I also didn't think I was very good. So there you go. Well, I'm sure you were, I'm sure you were terrific. Don't let anyone tell you any different. No, that's all right. It's not, it wasn't something I was that interested in ultimately, oh, yes. but I didn't want to be in my rocking chair going, I wish I could have, should have, you know? And, oh, yeah, I know. It's know. a, it's a, I mean, it's a tough lifestyle. You yes. Know? Yeah. It is. It is. But from that, uh, the show germinated. So there, therefore, it was all, it's all worthwhile. You never know where things are going to lead you. So that is true. Yeah, that is yeah. so true. So, 
you you just put out your own wish list about who you wanted to cast in this, or did you have a, li- a, a you know did you have multiple people? Was, was Andy Garcia and Emery were they? I know I hate to say were they the, your first choices um, because now they're in it and they're great, but were they people that you saw when you? As they say, a lot of times when you're writing, um, many times writers who are writing screenplays have have an actor or an actress in mind when they're writing and and they write it for that person because that's who they have in their head is that how you write is that how this process I tend tend to I tend to not want to focus too much on a specific person when I'm writing Mm -hmm. Um, not only because I know my my hopes could be dashed when I ultimately try to cast but I just feel like I really want to have the character be the character um, and in a weird way, I'm, I'm thinking about myself as all the characters, regardless of gender. I know that may seem strange, but um, so the characters sort of are their own thing. And then, you know, to if I can just speak practically about the process of, you know, financing and casting, it's, you know, it's it's what what happens is your script goes to an agency and, you know, you end up sort of talking to agents about cast initially. Um, and so it is sort of a cohesive process with fundraising, financing, and cast. Uh, those things kind of happen in, in, in kind of parallel. Um, and so with Andy and Emery at the time was, was at CAA, Andy is still at CAA and CAA, even though I was at ICM at the time, which Megan and Lucy were, were at uh, ICM, uh, CAA was really helpful. And, and um, yeah, I mean, these I don't have like a first choice kind of a thing. I do have names on a list, but I kind of love them all. Mm-hmm. And so the organic process of people just sort of coming to the project is one that I kind of let happen. And um, it didn't take too long to get the, the movie cast, I guess, relatively speaking. And of course, Oscar was attached first. And I think that really helped uh, a lot with uh, a kind of a vouching for, so to speak, and, you know, getting a certain amount of respect when the script was circulating. And uh, as I said, it's next thing you know, um, you're on the phone. It's Andy Garcia calling you. And you kind of are trembling. I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, when you have Oscar Isaac attached to your project, that's pretty big. He's in everything right now. It seems like every time I turn on something, Oscar's in it. <laughs> so he is great. A, a damn fine actor. Yes, he is. And he yes, deserves he every ounce of success. Yes, he does. Yes, yeah, he, yes. he is also a ton of fun and a total sweetheart. That's great to hear, too. So Yes. The, the legend is true. That's you know what you don't always know. You hear one thing, you know. I mean, there, there's always a public persona, but then there's always a private persona too, and you don't always know if it's if they match and they sync up. Yeah, so it's nice he's, to hear. He's that. a good egg. Yeah, he's a good egg. That's great. That's yeah. great. Well, you've worked on him on a, a number of projects, so I would hope so, that he yeah. is. Okay, you mentioned Lucy and Megan, so let the audience know who Lucy and Megan are. Lucy, I think- you just mentioned them: Megan Fox and Lucy Lucy Hale. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> You just mentioned them in the, you know, and so I, people were going, well, who's Lucy and Megan? So talk, sure. talk about both of them in this film. Absolutely. Um, well, Megan plays um, Floyd's second wife, Andy's second wife, um, who I actually call out as being over a quarter century his junior. Um, uh, and Lucy plays Floyd's daughter from his first marriage. Um, and... Uh, yeah, there is obviously there is hinted at relationship dynamics between 
Emery's character and both of them, um, ultimately uh, he ends up sort of fixating on on Lucy's character. Um, and I've described her character as sort of the postcard of the movie. She is sort of the thing that he wants to get to. The you know and um, yeah, they're both incredible, and I'm so thankful that they came to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are. I mean, you've got such great every um character in this movie is is just it's it's fully formed and unique and um and then just a joy to watch to watch all of them you could just see that i felt in watching the film that there was a lot of fun that was being by all of them that they were enjoying this you know and having fun was that the case on the set i think so i i really try to keep a, a very light set um and you know, I try to keep a very fun atmosphere. Um, I have used the term hippie a lot in terms of the set. Like, I really want to sort of foster that kind of an atmosphere. I also believe, and I know different directors, you know, sort of have different opinions on this, but I like to foster a very positive, encouraging, creative environment. Mm -hmm. And I think it yields really great results. I respond very well to that. Um, As much as I can be pretty negative in my actual life, (laughs) I, I that is the opposite on on my set. I I want everything to be ultra positive. Um, and so yeah, fun is a huge part of it. There's a ton of laughs offset, and um, you know I think even some of these smaller parts. I think people ideally came in and had a lot of fun doing them. Yeah, yeah, you can you can sense that. Oh, well, it makes work going to work so much more fun too when you know you're gonna you know because acting it's a playpen. You know, it's coming to play and create. And, and if you have the right environment, uh, then the creative juices can flow more, I think, rather than in a negative environment. I think when you're in a negative environment, you kind of freeze up. You know, it's kind of like you get tense rather than feeling relaxed and be able to play and become, you know, freer with your performance. Is that what you have found, too? That is too? absolutely true. I mean, I know that is that is the type of environment I would appreciate yes. as, as an actor. And, and so I try to foster that as much as I can, can um, even on a bad day. <laughs> And, and, and that's, yeah. that happens on, on any, it, it does. any creative it, it does. project. <laughs> it does. For sure. What was the most difficult part of filming this movie for you? I think just the general idea that I wrote a 40-day shoot and we had 30 days. <laughs> and so how do you make 40 days squeeze into a 30-day sausage? Mm-hmm. And the answer is me being sick for a full month after we wrapped. <laughs> kidding. You didn't get COVID, did you? No, I didn't. We actually, this movie was sort of split in half by COVID. So we got out before uh, and then had to deal with it in the finishing process. Okay, um, so you, you, you filmed it before COVID hit. And yes, then, and, and then, then COVID, COVID hit, hit while we were, yeah, editing. and it really, yeah. as terrible as it was for everyone, um, it was, you know, to speak selfishly, it was also terrible for uh for the film, um, you know, it was, yeah, COVID is, has been a nightmare. Right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we, we land on our feet and the movie is coming out. And it's there was a while where I didn't think it would come out in theaters. I thought it was going to end up strictly digital. And it is coming out in theaters. And I'm, I'm very fortunate. Talk about that. Where can people see this? Where can people find the film? Sure. So it will be coming out in theaters digitally and on demand on Friday, the 25th of February, 2022. Very good. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Well, I do hope everybody seeks out Big Gold Brick because it is fun. You're going to have fun. You're going to, it's a, it's a fun evening. And 
And not only is it just fun, there's there's depth to it. So it's not just like this fun ride. There's a lot to this film. It's got lots of wonderful layers and it goes in some interesting directions, but there is a message. There are multiple messages, actually. I think there's multiple messages in it. Oh, Brian, I... Well, I, I appreciate you, you saying that, Jen. Well, you're welcome. It's the truth. <laughs> it's the truth. Brian, thank you so much for being on the show. I, it's been a joy having you here, and I look forward to having you back with your next film, and I just wish you much, much success with Big Gold Brick. Everybody seek it out. Thank you, Jen. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Brian. If you have missed any of the Jam Price shows all about movies, you can go to my website, thejampriceshow.com, where all the shows are archived. You can also listen to us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, the iHeart Podcast Network, Apple Play, Spotify, Google Play, etc. We're everywhere. Also, go to our YouTube channel and subscribe and like us when you're there. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Jam Price Show. Thank you all for listening. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies.